Are you ready to build a business with consistent income and have time left to spend with your family? In Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, you will learn the strategies to create exactly what you want in your business and in your life. Now, here's your host, Kathleen Reeson. Welcome to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. I'm your host, Kathleen Reeson, and I know every week I say we have an amazing show for you, but I truly mean it because we have an amazing show today. And I'll tell you that a few years ago, my heart really came into the speaking space and really being able to inspire from a stage. And so understanding how to stand on a stage and one, not one of your pants, like that's the first piece, right? And really just be comfortable speaking. And I'd gone through some some training earlier on in my career and I felt like, wow, you know what? I can stand on a stage and deliver a message. And then I realized the layers underneath it And as we pull that out, like peeling back an onion, the stronger that we are able to stand on a stage. And it's really an art form. It's really an art form. And when we figure that out, when we understand what that message is that we get to speak into the audience that inspires them, like lights them up, that's when we can empower. That's when our businesses, our lives, all those when they are working together, that's when we see the results that we want to create. So guys, today, I brought on one of my friends to speak to you about how to actually speak. He is a master at the art of speaking. And so he is going to share with you some tips and tricks. And we're just going to have a great conversation about speaking. And maybe we can even talk about some of the fears that people have and why why we have these fears and how to address those. So I have Eric Dominguez here. Eric, are you on? I am here. Awesome. Okay, so Eric is going to share. And Eric, actually, I'm going to have you do a little bit of intro about what you do, who you are, and why you're here. So I'm going to pass it to you right now. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me here. My name is Eric Dominguez. I'm the owner of Speak Up Stories. And I have grown up for 41 years terrified of public speaking. The first 15 years of my life, I barely spoke because of uh, a lot of different cultural and uh, self-conscious issues. And when I was 15 years old, I accidentally fell into a speech and debate workshop that taught me tools and taught me strategies on how to best present myself. And the fear and the anxieties and the questions and the thoughts, those never went away. They don't go away. But I've learned over time how to shift my fears into fuel. And I I love what you said, Kathleen, that speaking is an absolute art form. It's something that we get to practice day in and day out. So my role in the world is to help others create that art form, to peel back the layers, as you said, and really dive deep into the messaging and find unique ways on how to present your ideas especially as a business owner, entrepreneur from the stage. So those fears, it, I think we can all resonate with those fears. So tell mm-hmm. me, what were, I, can, I can share some of mine, but let's go with you first. <laughs> what were some of those fears, like the 15-year-old version of you, not wanting oh. to speak? Like, let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I had the full menu of fears. Uh, back then. I think the primary driving force was I didn't want to be wrong. I didn't want to be incorrect. 
And so anytime that I would speak in class or even have a conversation, there was this constant anxiety that I would say the wrong thing or say it the wrong way. And you just learn over time, number one, how to practice through your messaging, and number two, to release that uh, weight of perfection, that we're always going to have some sort of a slip-up. We're not always going to be 100% clear that there's always going to have – there's always going to be room for growth. And uh, that that has really helped me just kind of step into – a more confident role. Well, the other thing that I really learned is that it just takes practice. The reason why the fears kind of shifted into uh, adrenaline and excitement was because I was constantly speaking. I was speaking uh, from the age of 15 at competitions, at conferences, any opportunity I got, I jumped in front of the stage to learn something. What about you? What, what are some of your, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm very curious yeah. about your fears though. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, uh, the, the story that's coming to my mind isn't even about a big speaking uh, experience. And I've had those, that, that, the fears around those. But one of the experiences that I had probably, I don't know, it was probably seven years ago, I was going in to present a $250,000 marketing plan. So this is when I ran my agency. And mm-hmm. I was going by myself. And, and I'd, I'd done this quite a few times, but there was something about this that was different. And I went to my client, which was two hours away. Uh, so I drove up there, and I, the meeting was right after lunch. So I ate my lunch in the car, and I was really, I was excited, but sort of nervous because knew if this was, we really wanted to land this client. And so again, it's not on a stage, but I went in and I had the presentation with the client, and I actually felt sick in the middle of it. Mm. And I said, "Hold on a second. And I went to the bathroom, thinking like, "I'm going to throw up." This is at a hospital, so I'm, I'm going to throw up. Uh, and I didn't, so I thought, okay, this is all right. Like, I'm good. I can do this. And I go back in. I didn't realize it was nerves. Uh, and I go back in, and I continue to move forward with the presentation, and, I'll, and I felt sick again. And I then I said, okay, hold on. And I went to the bathroom, and I threw up everywhere. Like, it was oh. so gross everywhere. But thing, <laughs> I mean, so it was, okay, but here's the, here's the lesson for me. Is I'll never forget it. <laughs> I was at a hospital who's used to this, so it was a perfect right. experience. So I said, I, well, I opened up the door. And I said, hey, do you have this sweet lady outside at the reception desk? I said, do you happen to have any scrubs? And she's looking at me like I'm crazy. I said, I, just, I really can use these scrubs. I cleaned up. I put these scrubs on. I walked back into the meeting and finished the meeting and closed the deal. And wow, if I could do that, <laughs> then standing on a stage with a bunch of people is no big deal. So whether it's like, three people or 300 or 3,000, I think you really have the same challenges. Like, it's just vulnerability. <laughs> so that's the one. Now, again, we can talk about big stages, but I think that was probably the time where I stretched the most in front of people and kept going. You bet. You bet. <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty inc- – I have not heard – the cleanup during the presentation and going back into the presentation, that's quite admirable. So I, I applaud you for that. Uh, I, lo- I love that story because it, it you know, I, I know you and I know you as confident and prepared and ready. And what I love about that story is that it shows that no matter who we are or what speaking situation we're going into, our biology actually thinks that we're in danger. 
Uh, there's a great little TED uh, Talk clip called The Science of Stage Fright. It's about four minutes, and it breaks down how we are, are wired to feel anxiety when we are in front of an audience because it's, it's a social pressure. And so I'm not a doctor, but I, I believe that this high-pressure situation mixed with probably a rushed lunch kind of got into, um, into your body to where you had the results that you did. But what's great about that story is it closed the deal anyway. Did I hear it correctly? Yes. I did. Exactly. I, I walked out with my bag of clothes in my hand and a smile on my face. It was great. <laughs> that is such a tremendous story. And you know what the best part is? Since it was a hospital, they're covered under HIPAA. So it's not like they could go tell anybody what happened. It was beautiful. <laughs> That's great. If if you're going to have that context in that situation, it, a hospital is an ideal place to go, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but so, so think about, I love what you're saying. I'm going to have to check out the science science of stage fright. That's what you said it was? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So that's so interesting. I remember uh, the first time I took a stage or so walked onto a stage and there were, oh, maybe... 50 people in the audience. So this was the first time I took a bigger stage. And it was almost this overconfidence. Like, I've got this. Mm-hmm. And then I had this moment mm-hmm. of, am I too confident? Uh, mm-hmm. And then you get back to that grounding space of, it doesn't matter. I've got this. It's fine. It'll be what it's going to be. And so it's just, well, this. So how do you how do you prepare someone to stand on that stage and be confident? Uh, Stand on the stage and be confident. Well, there's two, there's two things, and I think it goes back into um, mindset. So I equate public speaking to any other sort of skill. I just finished watching the Last Dance documentary on Netflix, which is the series of uh, the 90s Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan in his peak, and just watching the way that he trained and the way that he helped others around him get better reminds me a lot of speaking is that we think that because we are speaking every day, we are communicating in our jobs, we're, commu- we're actually giving presentations in our jobs, that this is something that we, you know, sh- it should come naturally to us. However, the deeper layers of public speaking, where you get to be novel and unique and powerful and have emotional variance to really capture an audience, that takes daily practice and a feedback loop. So to gain confidence, it's those daily drills. So equating it back to basketball, you know, NBA players don't just show up for a game day one. They have a series of training camps prior to day one, and they continue to practice throughout the season. It's the same exact thing with speaking is – even if you're consistently speaking on stages, you're still doing speaking drills. You're still finding speaking coaches and getting feedback for that. And then the other way that people get confidence is just by doing it. You know, switching sports a little bit, you know, in the speaking world, it's just at bats. Is whether it's five people, 50 people, 5,000 people, whether it's for $0 or $5,000 or $50,000, any opportunity that you have to get on a stage and start speaking to others, that's going to gain your confidence and experience. 
you know, just going back to your hospital story, now you know that regardless of what's going on with you, you can overcome whatever op- physical obstacle may, may come and still close the deal. It's those types of experiences that really grow confidence in speakers. Yeah. Okay. So you talked about the feedback loop and, you know, mm-hmm. I, we lo- I love feedback and, mm-hmm. and that was not always the case, but that's something that's been developed. Talk about how you use a feed, what that is. I'm not sure everybody knows what a feedback loop is and how you use that to support growing in confidence. Well, for me, when I'm doing my speaking, I have my own speaking coaches. So I am a, a professional speaking coach, but when I'm working on keynotes, when I'm working on presentations, I'm sending my materials to the, my colleagues, and we're, we're bouncing ideas back and forth. I'm going to be sending this radio recording to my speaking coaches, and I'm going to get a few emails back saying, hey, Eric, this was great. This is an area of improvement. Did you think about this? So it's gathering a team of individuals. What I found with, in working with a lot of my clients, especially clients who are uh, leaders of organizations, is that sometimes the feedback loop is not 100% honest. Sometimes you get uh, leaders who have yes people around them. So, yes, that was so good. Yes, that message landed. But having an objective outside viewpoint to really – um, really dissect what was effective and what could have worked better is, is really critical. The other aspect is preparation. You know, the problem with speaking preparation is that we learn how to prepare in high school and college speech classes. And those are good fundamental skills, but oftentimes what I have found is that that we learn how to procrastinate the big assignment, the speaking assignment for our high school or college class. And so that's how we usually approach speaking uh, prep. We wait till the night before, we throw it in a PowerPoint, we go, it is what it is. And having a great feedback loop starts with the content and does the fundamentals, you know, gets the outline and the research together, but also gives you what's a different way of looking at this. Uh, specifically, storytelling. What is a way to tell stories about yourself or about the people in your company or your product that can uh, deeply impact your audience and truly connect them to what your message is? Well, I like this. And, And so what you're bringing up is that a lot of people do wait until the last minute to prepare And so what does it actually look like to prepare? We're going to go on a quick break. And when we get back, let's dig into that of what is the actual process to prepare so that when we stand on that stage, we are lit up and can light up the audience. That's a piece that seems like when we get, when we understand that, then we can be more active. All right, let's go on a quick break. And you're listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson and guest Eric Dominguez. We'll be back here in just a second. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. 
Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathleen Reeson, and today we are talking with Eric Dominguez, who is a story expert. He's a story coach. And before break, we were talking about how we actually get confidence when we're standing up on the stage. And what Eric was talking about was how we can actually prepare. Now, if you're like most of the world, we wait until the last minute, we put together our PowerPoint, we stand up there like, we've got this, but there is another way. And that's what we're going to go into now. Eric, are you still there? I am here. Awesome. Let's talk about what what you prescribe as a preparation for a speech. So I've nailed this. I've got the date. What do I do? That's a, a great question and a difficult one to answer. And here's why. Because every speaking situation and every stage and message is going to be completely unique. Think about it as building the foundation of a house, right? So we, uh, the where I live and where you live, Kathleen, we're going to have some similarities. We're going to have foundation. We're going to have windows. We're going to have air conditioning. We're going to have electricity. But the actual structure, colors, layout of both of our houses is going to be completely different. So in preparing, yeah, there are some fundamentals that we get to have in uh, delivering our message, some form of organization, some form of memorable key takeaways, as well as key language to really showcase your personality. But when it comes to having the actual, an actual formula to prepare, that's where, that's where I love to do what I do because every one of my clients is completely different in the preparation process and their goals for speaking. If I had to narrow it down to, okay, give me the actual, you know, one-minute prep lecture, it's about organizing and really diving into the logos, pathos, ethos of what you're trying to communicate. So what is the logic? What is the research that you want to communicate? 
How are you showing the, your credibility as a expert in your field? And what emotions do you want to draw from the audience? What emotions do you want your audience to remember? A lot of people leave that emotional aspect out. Uh, depending on where you're presenting, uh, many people will, will not think that finding emotions, being passionate, or bringing in passionate stories about their experience is appropriate. But it's always going to draw more people in if you focus on those emotions. Got it. So, so think about if I have a presentation, let's say it's six weeks from now. Mm -hmm. And I come to you and I say, Eric, I've got a presentation six weeks from now. Uh, given right now, it would be on Zoom. Are a lot of, are a lot of presentations, are you seeing a lot of big stages on Zoom right now? Absolutely. There's, I mean, most presentations are virtual, for sure. Yeah, okay. So let's say I've got a presentation six weeks from now. I'm making this up as we go. It's for mm -hmm. an association and, uh, my, I want to call forward some potential clients. What would, how would you okay. start? The first thing we would do is we would start with what is the main message? You know, the, going back to those old school, high school and college classes, what is the thesis? So here's the exercise that I do with my clients. If you're giving a 45-minute presentation, and let's just pretend that there's a huge scheduling error. It's just catastrophic. Oh, my goodness, they double booked it, whatever. You only have 30 seconds to deliver the main message of what you want to deliver, what is that message? So we start there because we really narrow down the one or two sentences that we want uh, our audiences to know. Then we go into what I call buoys. Um, I always make the analogy of, of swimming from one side of a lake to the other side of a lake. I don't know about you, Kathleen. I am not a very strong swimmer. I've done a few sprint triathlons. It has not gone very well for me. I've had to stop a few times in the swimming portion. And it's very similar to that is we, we establish where in your swim are you going to pause, okay, hang on to the buoy, and take a break. And these buoys are your main ideas, your key takeaways. And those get to be really carefully worded and carefully crafted and carefully repeated throughout your presentation. So once we have your main message and once we have your key takeaways, then what, what I do with my clients is I, I, I go through a series of evaluating their personality and their uniqueness. Because, I mean, we've all been in audiences where we're hearing the, the same thing over and over again. We're hearing the same structure, the same stories, the same cadence. But every one of us is completely different. Every one of our products is completely different. Every one of our experiences is completely different. So then we go through a series of evaluating how can we leverage your unique personality to make sure that the emotions that you want your audience to feel and the actions that you want your audience to take, how do we draw that out? And that's through a series of exercises, of drills, of questions of uh, interviews, and, and it is also a lot of writing. Um, a lot of people don't take the time to write out what they want to say, and that's a tricky situation because sometimes people will write 
everything completely out and then just read. And some people don't write anything out at all. And there's a, a careful balance in finding the appropriate wording so that you're, you're mo most directly communicating to your audience. So that's a little bit of a snapshot of what I would take you through for six weeks. It would usually, if this were a, a speaking situation, if you wanted this to be a slam dunk, like the best speech you've ever given, and it is six weeks away, I would recommend that you're spending at least two hours a day uh, working on it. So about 10 hours a week leading up to the event. Uh, so that sounds like a lot, but let's put that into perspective mm -hmm. of, so now let's say I, it's, I'm at my speech, I deliver the speech, I land it, and now I have another one that's six weeks from now. Am I still spending two hours a day in that second set of six weeks, or can I repurpose what I just have and give it again? So it, am I still investing that much time? Great question. Again, think about it like we'll go back to triathlon training. If you uh, train for a, an Ironman and you do all, you know, I don't exactly remember the number of miles. I think it's two-mile swim, 100-mile bike, and 26-mile run. If you do all of that and then six weeks later somebody says do a sprint triathlon, which is, you know, half a mile uh, swim, 12-mile bike, three-mile run, you're going to be in shape. You're going to be ready to rock and roll. And so some of that you'll get to shift depending on the audience, uh, depending on the goals and the focus. But a lot of that will already be ingrained in you because you have trained yourself in your messaging and in your delivery. And I love it when my clients have a, a big event and then have another big event almost right away because that's when the coaching and the shifting gets to happen. You know, going back to basketball, sometimes the, the game plan goes really, really well. Sometimes it goes really, really well, but there's still some things that could have been improved on. And then sometimes it doesn't go well at all. So we have to reshift and, and refocus. So as a speaking coach, do you get into or do you refer out as far as how to land the speech? So there's a lot of people that will say, okay, I get it. I, I can craft. I, I would love to work with you on crafting this signature speech. And how do they land the stage? What do you say to that question? Mm -hmm. You mean, uh, what I'm hearing is how do they get on the stage? How do they get booked for the stage? Yeah. Is what do what you, asking? yeah, yep. Great question. There's, there's a lot of, there's a series of action items that get to be taken before you land the big stage, if you could say. Most people want who are in that path want to be paid for speaking uh, events, which is a great, great goal. In order to get there, one, you do have to have a signature talk. If not one, at least two, maybe two or three. Three that can appeal to various audiences within your field of reference, within your expertise. Uh, in that, you want to be zone focused in being the expert in your field. So a lot of people will try and branch off and try and be too generalized. Being specific is, is so much better in that regard. Then once you have those talks, it's about going out into the community, promoting yourself by simply making connections and, and asking to talk at particular events. A lot of times when speakers are starting, those events will not be paid. And that's totally okay 
because it's going to give you repetitions. It's going to give you opportunities to speak and to learn. And the second thing is that it's going to give you uh, video opportunities. So many of the paid uh, events, so many of the times when, when uh, event planners will pay you to come and speak, they're looking for a speaker reel, a professionally done speaker reel, and for samples of your work. So those free speaking opportunities in the community are a great way to get that, uh, get those filming. And then it's, it's a business. It's just trial and error. It's like anything else that you're selling is that you are reaching out, you're making personalized connections, you're having personalized phone calls, and you're seeing whether or not your topic, your product, your inspiration, your personality can be a good fit for that particular stage. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't, and it's totally okay. Uh, I, I equate it very much to acting. You know, as an actor, you're not going to get every single role that you audition for, and that's totally okay. Even the most famous actors that we know of, they don't all get the roles that they're, they're uh, auditioning for because it's not necessarily the right fit. To make speaking a lucrative business for yourself you get to continually have a loop of, of, you know, reaching out to people, having phone conversations, having follow-up conversations, booking those stages, getting reviews on your speaking, going back to your speaking coach, getting feedback from that event, and it's an ongoing cycle. So those are a lot of words to simply say for people that want to land the speaking stage. Think about it like going into the NBA or think about it like training for a, an Ironman. You've got to start somewhere, and it's not necessarily going to be, hey, I want to start playing in the NBA today or I want to run an Ironman tomorrow. It's getting the training under your belt. Hmm. Yeah, I hear you. And so it's just the preparation piece. The piece, we're going to go on a quick break here. And before we go, one of the things that I want to talk about when we get back from break is the difference between – standing up on a stage and words coming out of your mouth and people actually hearing them. So being mm, deliberate in right. the words. So you went into that a little bit and also speaking so that people, so it actually lands so that what somebody mm -hmm. hears is what you wanted them to hear. Cause I know there's a lot that you work on beyond that. And you went into a little bit of it, but let's talk about that when we get back from breaks, so you're listening to profit launch with Kathleen Reeson on inspired choices network. And we will be back be back just after this break. Building a business is a lot like baking a cake. There are certain ingredients that can't be missed. By listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Neeson, you will learn the five key steps that every great business utilizes. You will hear from successful entrepreneurs that will share what works and what doesn't work in their businesses. You will have an opportunity to ask questions so you can apply these steps directly to your business. Host and business coach Kathleen Reeson built seven successful businesses while raising three boys, volunteering extensively, and having some time left for her husband and herself. Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson, and she will show you how you can build the business and the life you dream of, too. Are you ready? Listen to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson Radio Show every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Welcome back to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255.
Canada, 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Profit Lunch with Kathleen Reeson on Inspired Choices Network. And today, we are talking with my friend, Eric Dominguez, and we are talking about how to actually talk, how to be on a stage <laughs> with confidence and with clarity. And the piece that we just talked about right before break was it's one thing to get up on a stage or even on a podcast like this or on a Facebook Live or even in a conversation with someone else just one-on-one. It's one thing for words to come out of my mouth. It's another thing for the other person to actually hear what I'm saying the way I want it to be said. Huge art form there. And Eric, you touched on it a little bit of the, the buoys and how we get to have those pauses and be very intentional. So how do I ensure that what I'm going to say lands with my audience in a way that I want it to be heard? It's a great question. I, uh, to answer that, I'm going to give you some not math math. This is not an, a mathematically correct formula. It is just something that I use to make an illustration. If 100% was like your best speech delivery and messaging ever, if you like, that's the score that you would give yourself, like you walked off stage, you're like, yes, that was 100%. You would still only get 80% of the audience 80% of the time meaning that 80% of the audience would be tracking with you, would be listening to you, would be understanding your message, and they would only be doing that about 80% of the time. And that's totally okay. The other 20% of the audience, they might not be in the frame of mind to hear what you have to say. And that's not necessarily your fault or anything that you're doing wrong or any of your shortcomings. It might be that they're just not resonating with your message. It might be that they're having a rough day. It might be that they are just not where you need them to be at that particular point. And even in that, those, those 80% of the people who are with you are only with you with 80% of the time, and that's good because as you are speaking, especially a long keynote uh, program that's 45 minutes to an hour, as you're speaking and you're imparting knowledge to them and you're giving them uh, content, their own mentality is starting to think about how your content applies to you. And so they're thinking about, okay, what Kathleen said, I could do it, use that to do in my business this way and this way and this way and this way. And then three or four minutes later may pass and they might have to come back and be like, oh, yeah, that's right, she's still speaking. So first, the first you know, piece of advice in helping the audience here is releasing the need for perfection. Not every audience member is going to track with you 100% of the time. The second aspect is, I mean, great public speaking really comes down to two things, knowing yourself and knowing your message. So as you know yourself and as you know your message, you're going to be able to more clearly and more directly communicate what you're trying to say. Where the prep comes in is what ifs questions. You know, I understand myself perfectly because I'm me and I, I know my own thoughts and mentalities. 
someone who's not like me, someone who's very different from me, how do I shift my communication authentically, not changing who I am or what my message is, but how do I make a reference to something external? How do I give different illustrations to appeal to various audiences? Again, it goes back to logos, pathos, and ethos. It goes back to what logic, what statistics, what research can I give to those people that are, are hungry for that? You know, what people want to know the backing for what you're saying. So how do I incorporate that into my speech? Then what are the emotions? You know, some people uh, are less tied to logic and want to feel the impact of you and your product. So how are you communicating those emotions? And then finally, how are you presenting yourself as a speaker uh, in terms of credibility, that ethos behind you? And this is where it gets really tricky, and this is the, where the, the magic of having your audience really hear you is, is important. We will notice when someone is not being authentic or when somebody is trying to sell almost right away, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously. But that credibility comes with, again, really knowing exactly what you're saying and coming from a place of service and love and lifting the community up. Uh, you can almost always tell when a speaker is there for, own, for their own promotion. And I, I find that that's a huge barrier to really landing the message. When, when we are in an audience, we are automatically being critical of the speaker, regardless of who the speaker might be. And so to really have your, uh, your message land, you get to be authentically you, which takes a whole lot of work. You know, the speaking work is not just preparing your message. It's also uh, doing some deep personal development work, making sure that you are showing up authentically to yourself, to your family, to your community, and to your audiences. So you're practicing speaking all of the time when it comes to uh, landing your message. And in terms of the nuts and bolts of what are some of the languages and what are some of the, the, the drills that you can use, those, again, get to be a lot of the writing aspects. Um, writing out your speech or having your speeches transcribed to really see what it is that you are communicating and giving that content to someone unrelated to the speaking event. That's one of the greatest things that I do is I give my content to someone who's not a speaking coach and not related to my content. And I, I ask them, I have them reflect to me what the message was that I was trying to communicate. Hmm. How often is it the message was that you wanted to communicate? I'm sorry, can you say that? Say, can how say that often again? How often, when you hand that to somebody, and this is probably just an average, uh, when you say, that, what do you hear me saying, and they don't come back with what it was you were saying? What is, what's typical for that? It's 50-50. And I, and I, yeah, and I like it to be 50-50. Um, the reason why I like, to, like it to be that regard is because when I'm handing it to someone who's outside of speaking world and outside of the content world, I'm testing my audience market. So I'm, I, I get to dig deep and say, okay, tell me why you 
you got, you came to that conclusion of what I was trying to say. And once I'm able to understand their, their perspective a little bit better, then I can shift my focus a little bit more to appeal to a greater, uh, greater range of audiences. Yeah, what I love that you're bringing up and, and what I'm taking from this entire conversation to date is that, that speaking really, as we said, it's an art form, but there's a business to it. You bet. There absolutely yeah. is a business to it. Yeah. It, so, it, I mean, we, go ahead, go ahead. Well, a lot of businesses, I think, you know, even entrepreneurs, let's just go into that space. They think, well, why do I really need to speak? Or I'll just go out and do a couple free speeches. What? Tell me some success stories of people that you've seen that have really latched on to speaking as a way to grow your business, but not from a salesy perspective, but from this true authentic place that you're talking about. Yeah, especially the, the, the entrepreneurs and business owners that are hesitant to be in front of the stage. Um, I was I started working with uh, uh, an individual, she, the CEO of a company, and she, she just had a lot of resistance to speaking on stage. She wanted somebody else to handle it. She, she was an expert in her field, incredibly intelligent, but there was this hesitation behind it. And what we worked with her on was the mindset that the, when you are in front of an audience, you are doing something that's incredibly difficult. You are putting yourself out there to be vulnerable. You are showing off your personality and your product. You're doing that as a business owner anyway, every single day. Just by opening the doors to your business, you are open to vulnerability. Speaking is kind of this really magnified, amplified way to understand what it's like to take the criticism, to take rejection, and to take uh, content and shift it to best serve your customers. So what I encourage business owners to do when they're struggling whether or not they should speak is this is something that you get to do as an advertisement. This is how people are now communicating and finding ways to connect with you. And we, we know that connection is currency, right? I am more likely to buy a product or be part of a, uh, of a organization or whatever the case may be if I feel some sort of connection with that company, that personal connection of them knowing me or I knowing them. Being on a stage, you get to know, your audience gets to know you. Your customers get to know you. They get to know your vulnerabilities. They get to know your struggles. And they get to know that you're human. I think that's, that's the, the biggest aspect is behind every company and every founding story, there's a human being. And we want to know that we're not alone. And especially as business owners, we all have struggles and worries and concerns and failures. And to hear someone from the stage say, yeah, this is where I have fallen short. And here's what I learned from that. And here's how what I have learned can benefit you. That's so powerful to connecting with your audience and getting more clients because they know you. Yeah. And I see a lot of people saying, uh, 
a lot of entrepreneurs saying, well, maybe I should have a podcast. They get started, but they don't have the traction on some of these long-term. So what are your thoughts on whether we use more long-term strategies for speaking or whether it's just a stage here and there? I love that you bring up podcasts because I, I've worked with quite a few people who say, I'm launching a podcast or I have launched a podcast. And the main feedback that I give new podcast you know, launchers is their message is all over the place. And, and the reason for that is, is because podcasts are meant to be conversational. They absolutely should be like you're talking to someone in the room. But there still gets to be some order and structure to that because when there's not order and structure to that, then there's, then there's, uh, there's confusion. We don't know what to do with that particular action. So in that regard, you get to create a plan and find a way to execute for a certain amount of time, whether that's, you know, launching a podcast or, you know, launching a speaking career is, what are the, the main messages that you get to unpack in order to really communicate with your audience? Uh, podcasts are great for breaking down something that couldn't be broken down in 45 minutes. And so what are the first 10 episodes? Plan and plot those out. Have the thesis statements and have the, the buoys, the main ideas, the main takeaways from those, and don't vary uh, from them too much when you're speaking so that you can really evaluate what is effective and what isn't. Uh, I see a lot of speakers, whether it's in podcasts or in their speaking, not meet success because they're, they're doing something different, completely different every single time. If I have a different game plan every time I speak, I'm not really going to know what's going to land and what isn't going to land. So I think you nailed it. It's, it's just is having that plan and executing that plan for a, a certain amount of time. I know that certain amount of time is very vague, but for a podcast, I would say 10 episodes. For a speaking engagement, I would say at least five run-throughs, at least five speaking engagements before you, you start to really evaluate where can you shift your entirety of your message. So what I, what's so interesting is, is I, you know, I used to run an advertising agency. I ran one for... 10 years, and one of the principles of advertising and marketing is that it's 12 touch points until a consumer changes their behavior. So, and most mm. of us as humans, we are done. We feel like we've maxed out about three or four touch points. So we are out there with three or four messaging points. We've told somebody three or four times and we get tired. So we pivot, right. we stop, we quit, but the, the consumer is barely even hearing it they're they're just starting like is somebody talking to me and we quit <laughs> right <laughs> right and what i hear you saying is the exact same thing here of you even when we spend the six weeks or however long it is preparing and then we give the one speech and we're so excited because we gave it once and then how often do we miss that the power is in leveraging that and giving it again and again and again. Absolutely. How often do you see that? Yeah. I mean, I see it all the time. And what the, the phrase that I always give uh, my clients and people who I encounter with this is, remember that this audience has never seen you 
perform. You have seen you perform over and over and over again. And it seems a little bit stale. And by the way, in every speech writing process, if we're going back to that six weeks, about week four of your prep, if this were a, a, a true speaking situation, week four, you would get stale. You would get tired. You would get exhausted by your own voice, by your own thoughts, by your own messaging. But it's so critical to understand that your audience has never heard you speak. And sometimes I get the pushback of like, well, so-and-so has heard me speak. So-and-so is going to be in the audience and they've heard me speak. So I feel hesitation, you know, in that. Like, yes, they may have heard you speak, but they didn't hear this version of you. You know, sometimes we, we speak, you know, in January and then we give basically essentially the same speech in June. But again, we've grown because great speaking is knowing yourself and knowing your message. And I don't know about you, but I, you know, my, my own personal development, my message and my personality shifts drastically over the course of six months. And so our speaking should too. Maybe it's not necessarily the words or even the content, but the energy, the enthusiasm, the confidence. That's so exciting to be able to show that to people over and over and over again, even if you're saying the same things over and over and over again. I, what I, I love so much about that is the person that I was in January of this year is not the person I am today. And not while <laughs> we're just totally different because we've been in a, a totally different space over the last few months uh, just with what the world's been through. I don't even think I'm the same right. person I was two months ago, let alone today. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know, exactly. yesterday even. <laughs> but I don't know, that could, <laughs> I always say I'm crazy. I, that could possibly play into this. But think about that. We're always, if we're in a growth mindset, and that's what you said in the very beginning, that speaking is really about mindset. If we're in that space, then you're absolutely right. How we show up on that stage is so phenomenal. Oh, that brings up another question that I have. So, so I'm from the school of thought that when I get on a stage, I know where I'm headed, but I speak from the heart. And so you don't see me with note cards or there's no teleprompter. There's, it doesn't matter whether it's an hour or eight hours. I get to stand up there, be present, know where I'm headed, have an outline, but know where I'm going. What is your thought on how we utilize our prep material is that what you want you want people standing up there just speaking knowing where they're headed it is that's the inevitable goal um i i think that there should always be what i encourage my my clients to do is and what i do myself is that there's always some sort of roadmap somewhere near me sometimes that's a very very small note card that has the buoys that has the I need to make sure that I'm talking this, 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 and this. Sometimes it's the, as, as short as five words, you know, the, the five key elements that I'm going to be taking. Sometimes it's in PowerPoint, and that's a different discussion for a different day of, of you know, I, I feel like some people overutilize uh, PowerPoint or rely on it. But, yeah, great speaking should feel like a conversation. It should feel like, hey, I'm talking directly to you, and I'm going to just talk from my heart about what I know. Now, the problem is, is that because you see great speakers, you see great TED Talks, you know, some of the best, most viewed TED Talks 
are the ones that are the most conversational. Uh, what people don't see is the statistics, you know, once they kind of have an interview process and reflection process on these TED Talks, most of those most viewed TED Talks average over 200 hours of prep work before they get to that point. Wow. 200, 200 hours for a 20-minute talk. And that's because they did all of the work to understand their content and be able to deliver it from the heart and from the head. So to answer your question, Kathleen, yes, the absolute goal is to stand up there and speak from the heart and the head. You know your content and you know your emotions, but you also get to develop the skills to be able to do that. Uh, unfortunately, oh. I've seen so many people attempt that speaking from the heart, and, and it comes out jumbled, and it comes out disorganized, and it comes out uh, not clear. And, you know, one of my main messages in my profession is that speaking is a skill. It's not a task. And the more we work on that skill, the clearer and more uh, conversational and authentic we'll show up. Oh, that's beautiful. And, Eric, if we had more – we we're wrapping up our show, and I – Love yep. this. The piece that I am really grabbing from this show is all of the prep work, 200 hours for a 20-minute speech. And that is incredible dedication, perseverance, and that's why you have such a critical job that you do. That's you why a speech is important. When else would we ever have the drive to complete the 200 hours? Oh, Eric, I'm so thankful that you're on the show today. Thank you for being a part of Profit Launch. Likewise, thank you so much for having me. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yes, and audience, thank you for being here and for listening. And so you are listening to Profit Launch. And Eric, how do people get a hold of you if they want to talk more with you? Great question. It's, my company is Speak Up Stories. You can find uh, us at speakupstories.com or you can email me at eric, E-R-I-K, at speakupstories.com. Awesome. Eric at speakupstories.com. Eric, thank you for being on here. Audience, you are listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. If you're enjoying this, come hang out with us in Profit Launch Club. We've got a group in there where we get to grow this and we get to have more conversations like this. So we are just waiting for you to say yes. All right, guys, have such a great day and join us next Monday with Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Profit Launch with Kathleen Reeson. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Would you like to be on the show or do you have a show idea? Go to KathleenReeson.com forward slash radio. Have a great week.